Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Good afternoon to you. Great to have you here with us for the call. 10 companies picked by you, two expert guests, all in one hour on this Thursday, the 22nd of April. I'm Nadine Blaney. Pleasure to welcome into the studio today two guests here at Barangaroo. We have Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. Welcome, Henry. Good Hi. to see you again. We've also got Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities here with us in the studio. So yes, fundamentals, but can also sometimes give us a bit of a technical view on these companies as well. So we do have 10 of the companies that you have emailed to us. Again, thank you. And feel free to email your ideas to the call at osbiz.com.au. But first, we like to start with the stock of the day, just to keep things fresh and relevant. And today, we, I should say, our producer Gotham, was right to pick 3DP. 3DP, Pontera, uh, its share price is up 28% at this stage of the game on this Thursday session after reporting a cash flow positive quarter with an operating cash profit of just under a quarter of a million dollars. The company says it continues to win US customers in the power, utilities, light detection, and ranging imagery, telco, and land surveying space. Well, that was a mouthful. Bottom line is it's seen record monthly sales, cash on hand of $5 million, and that small profit. So I mentioned, guys, that the share price today is up 28%. It's a cloud-based solution, Michael, for managing 3D data sets, essentially, so making it easier for other companies that have this 3D data. It's got a pretty big global market opportunity. Yep. Do you like the prospects of 3DP from here? Yeah, it looks, looks really good. I was having a look at the, the result this morning. I mean, it's, it's not a business I've followed closely before, but it's, yeah, it, it's just a great idea because these sorts of, uh, you know, number crunching exercises involve very, you know, uh, very powerful computers, um, software that that's very expensive. So in, instead of having to do all that in-house, if you could put it up on, onto the cloud and use 3DP services, and they basically crunch the, the uh, you know, the data set for you to produce these 3D images, um, you know, they're, they're in a good space and they seem to be picking up uh, obviously a lot of business and contracts for it. So um, look, it's still early stages, obviously in the growth of the business. It looks quite promising. Um, if I was to put my trader's hat on and have a look at the way it's traded recently and what it's done today, I actually wouldn't be scared of this 20% movement up today. I think today's gap up 
um, is, a, is a really good buying opportunity. So when you look at a way a stock trades, yeah, it's, it's nice to get capture the start of these moves. And over the last few months, we've seen the share price um, back in February rally from about 50 cents to 90 cents, some you know, really big days up. And then the share price cooled off. And over the last few weeks, we've seen the daily ranges really tighten up and the volatility come out and the volume come out. Uh, and that's, it's nice to see that because when you do get a move like today's move, it should be sustainable. So I wouldn't be scared of 20% up today. I'd, I'd be half tempted to go into the office after this show and pick some up as a bit of a trade because I do think looking at the way it's trading, it should kick on from here. Um, I'm going to introduce you to my rules when I'm hosting this show. So what our viewers want to know, is it a buy, hold or sell today? So yep. you would be buying this today yep. as a potential trade. Yep. I'm going to go to Henry Jennings then for potentially more of a long-term view. It's a small cap, no broker coverage, nope. but that doesn't mean it's uninvestable. No, this is a what Bev would do stock. And Bevan Slattery is the man that sort of galvanized this stock. He's got 7% and he really catapulted this stock into investors' consciousness, I guess, mm -hmm. and started this big rally. This is the next gen near map, I guess. This is, this is taking geospatial data that near map would do with just overhead, but actually producing it in 3D and then having a lot more uses for it. They seem to be doing pretty well in the US. Obviously, infrastructure is a big focus there. And it's a big focus for the company there as well. Talking about military stuff as well, which I thought was quite interesting in the statement today. Um, I wouldn't buy it today, but I would buy it on the back of this. I think tomorrow's Friday. And after a big move like this, you tend to get a few guys taking some profits. They want to be exposed over the weekend just in case technology takes a big hit in the US. And this one's been under pressure because of, I guess, that unwind in tech stocks. So um, I think if you could get it at 60 cents or below, get on board. I think Michael's right, um, but I think it's just a matter of finessing your entry price and you may get it a few cents cheaper in the next few days as some of the, um, some of the irrational exuberance comes out of it. But it has it has been this but do you care sorry to interrupt do you care about a few cents if you believe in the long-term story of this company not, not especially but it can make a big difference you know if you get it at 55 instead of 65 that's a big slug of difference even long term it's still a big slug of difference i can do long term i can do short term you know at the end of the day it does make a difference um you know 10 cents on a 60 cent stock is is considerable well, well, adhering to my own rules, then this is not going in the portfolio because it is a not a buy today at this price for both of our guests, but uh, both seem to like what they're seeing so far. So now we've got the rules established <laughs> for today. Let's get on to some of those companies that have been submitted by you. And this one comes from Peter. Look, he goes into a lot of the details about what Westpac is doing about the, the, the macro view, but basically, in a nutshell, he wants to know if there is an opportunity to buy Westpac ahead of the May financial results that come very quickly, uh, you know, Monday, May the 3rd. Henry. Um, of course there is. I mean, there is always an opportunity, and that opportunity has existed to buy it before the, the results for some time. Um, it's a question, I guess, of when you buy it. We tend to favor the cautious approach, I guess, in terms of waiting for the result to drop and then you can buy it whether you see you know that there's also a lot of disappointment that could be in the bank stocks everyone's going for this big sort of rebound in dividends mm -hmm. um you know 60 to 70 percent payout ratios and dividends there's big uh rebound so there is potential for disappointment so sometimes it's better just to be a little bit cautious and buy it on the result wait till the result comes out have a look at the result and okay it may you may miss two or three percent but 
uh, you should still get the uh, the uptick there and of course that dividend to come into play. We like the banks, I've got to say. Everything's going pretty well for the banks. Everything's going pretty well for the economy. The one issue, I guess, is that there are rumblings about constraining the housing market. We're seeing that in New Zealand. Interestingly, last night, the Bank of Canada also... Um, which is a very similar economy to us in terms of resource-based economy. They did keep their interest rates on hold, but they did pare back their bond buying program to 3 billion Canadian a week from four. So it's not huge, but they're just signaling that things are getting a little bit overheated, especially in the housing market. So there is some potential downside there. And Westpac's a maverick bank. It's, it's a weird one because they, they, other banks settled and other banks sort of copped it from the regulator, but Westpac fought it and fought them again um, and have one. There's also that uh, in, interesting investment in Coinbase as mm-hmm. well, yeah. uh, which should deliver them a big, nice windfall profit. I think it's a so, 15 times return or more on that investment. Yeah, yeah. so you know, there's there's sort of secret bits in Westpac. So it's it's an interesting one. The banks are run really hard at the moment. Definitely a hold, and I think wait for the result. And then if it's a good result, which we're hoping that it is, and a good dividend, then you can buy it then and reap the benefits then without so much risk. And we also are talking about cost control. I know City has yep. said that Westpac has one of the best cost reduction opportunities in the sector. We'll be getting more details on that on Monday, May the 3rd. Your view on Westpac, mm. you know, you can talk about the banks in general, but Westpac specifically. Yep. Um, look, I agree with everything Henry just said. So I would not be a buyer today. Um, leading into the result, it's run pretty hard. We've seen um, the Quarry Group, I think, yesterday upgrade their, their earnings um, numbers for all the banks slightly. So everyone's, you know, lifting their numbers mm. and getting excited ahead of the result. So I think it's just a big risk to be buying it here. Sort of more generally in terms of the banks, look, at the end of the day, they all sort of move the same anyway, longer term. I guess, you know, CBA tends to do better. You've got CBA at the top, NAB tends to be the laggard and ANZ and Westpac sort of fight it, yeah. fight it around in the middle. So, you know, you go through short periods of time where some banks do better than others, but I think longer term CBA tends to be the better bank. And I think if you did want to pick up some banks here because you do believe there's still a bit more upside, I'd go for CBA here because they don't have their result um, coming out anytime soon. They're on a different cycle, of course, to the other big four banks. Um, and CBA share price has lagged in the short term compared to the other banks. So um, I think there's an opportunity with CBA, but coming back to Westpac, um, I would not be buying it a week out from the result, given that it's run so hard. Yeah, right. So, Henry, are you, you know, potentially equal weight the banks? Uh, we have been, we have been underweight, but we have been building up to market weight. Okay. Let's get to the second company that's on the list, and this is coming to us from Clayton, and I think it's uh, fitting considering this is Earth Day today. It is Tilt Renewables (TLT). It is an Australian generation company, electricity generation, but it's also dual listed. It's listed in New Zealand. Uh, It has got a takeover offer on the table from AGL, which beat out a couple of Mm. uh, rival offers, one from a a Quebecois pension fund. We will just say it like that, (laughs) CDPQ. Uh, So as an investor, if you know that there's already this this deal on the table, um, why look at tilt now? Um, well, I guess you're going for a higher offer. Uh, that's the uh, that's the answer, really. Um, it has had a, a pretty meteoric rise. It is a renewable energy company, wind farms, dual listed, as you rightly point out. So there is potentially this higher offer in the wind from this Canadian pension fund, which I won't even attempt to pronounce. 
Um, and so I guess, you know, at these kind of prices, it's hard. I think the current offer is worth around $7.53 in Australian dollar. I think it's 810 New Zealand. New yeah. Zealand. So I think that's 753 in Aussie. Um, so, you know, trading at 744, it's definitely a hold. Wait to see what happens. You know, this, this game has got a long way to go. It's not been the easiest one to keep track of, I have to say. And you do tend to kind of lose a bit of interest after a while because it, it just it doesn't trade that much here either. Um, and it gets a bit complicated for a small brain like me. So, But certainly, definitely a hold at this level and see what happens mm-hmm. with, the, with a potentially a new higher bid, that's for sure. Would you in any way be tempted to buy in now, Michael, in the no. hopes that there'd be another offer coming? No, uh, look, I... I'm a little bit more cautious than Henry. I'd, I'd actually be happy just to, to sell it here. They've had the offer. It looks like it's been up. It's only 10 cents off um, if it goes through at the current price. So your upside's pretty limited and you've got your capital tied up in this company waiting for all of that to go through. Where you, whereas you could be using your capital doing other things if the market's going to make a bit of a move here. Um, there might be some other opportunities. So I think with risk reward, hoping for maybe more of an offer, but maybe if it all falls through, um, the share price might drop. So I'd, yeah, I'd be happy just to sell it happy here. Happy to take, and, and take profits it. if you've had it. Yeah. No need to get in. Yeah. Okay, that's for you, Clayton. Thank you so much for the question. Now I've moved the order around on you guys slightly. Apologies for that. And that is because Infrachill, IFT is the ticker code. Jane is asking about this one. I don't have a lot of detail on why Jane is asking. This is a company that owns energy transport data, social infrastructure businesses, but it also owns nearly 66% of Tilt and it's backing that revised offer that's come from that AGL group, Mercury. Infratil. Yep. You like it? Well, so they've, so I guess they're backing the offer there. So they're happy to take so whatever value is already factored into the IFT share price. Um, because of I that. Think, yeah, it's, yeah, it's already there. They've had the offer from um, Australian Super. Um, but we've noticed that since all that excitement at the beginning of the year, the share price has started sliding. So, um, yeah, look, I just think, again, it just comes down to a, you know, an opportunity cost. To me, it looks like a, an investment where it might just end up um, sort of being taken over around these levels slightly higher. Um, uncertainty there i'd rather just sort of step away from this and just start investing in um in other businesses to be honest so yeah there is there is that sort of complication with um um with the other company but yeah look i'd just be happy to move on from this so i wouldn't this be buying it essentially just doesn't excite you no okay no. i am i'll flag it early but i will ask you for some companies uh, later in the piece unless yep. we can find some excitement here that, yeah, yeah, that no do worries. that do excite you um, Infotril, uh, you know, Michael's talking about it potentially being a takeover target, but it could also be an acquirer. It's quite cashed up. It is. Um, you know, if it's getting this money from it's the till, it's going to be even more cashed more up. More cashed up, exactly. I mean, does, does it excite you at all, considering they've got growth? Uh, yeah, they've got growth. They've got good management. I think they've got a new CEO. They've just made an acquisition of QScan. They're, all their assets are kind of clean and greeny kind of assets. I think this one, again, is dual listed in yes. New Zealand as well. Um, so sometimes the dual listed ones get a bit overlooked in Australia. I don't quite know why. And even, you know, zero used to be dual listed and now it's just mm-hmm. primary listed in, in Australia and nowhere else. So um, I think this one looks interesting. It'll be interesting to know what they're going to do with the cash because there's quite a lot of cash. If they do get the, the 753 or, or higher for, uh, for tilt, 66% that they own, then they're going to have a big pile of cash 
to uh, to play with it. And they they do invest in these clean and green infrastructure assets. And that's a bit that's of a, a thematic. It's a bit of a theme. Yeah. It's a bit of a good theme. Satisfies a lot of ESG investors. So I think this one is flying a little bit under the radar. Um, I would probably sneak a buy-in, but it's not going to be the most exciting stock in the world to own. There's probably more exciting stocks in that space that give you a little bit more of an adrenaline buzz. But this has got potential to push back up into seven bucks, seven twenty, as uh, as time moves forward and we get clarification of what's going to happen with tilt. So infantile for you, Jane. IFT is a buy from Henry. That brings us to a question coming from Dave. Hi, Dave. Hope you're watching or listening. This one's for you. Challenger CGF. (laughs) Now, there's been a lot of news flow around Challenger over the past couple of days. Share price has been hit hard. I was going to actually see if it's recovered Mm -hmm. uh, at all today. Um, Look, it came out with what many have said, many brokers have said, was not a bad report. Saw annuity book growth. Um, but it was overshadowed by that downgrade. I mean, when you come out with a downgrade to guidance, so it's going to be at the lower end of that 390 to $440 million pre-tax profit range. I mean, markets, the market Mm. does not like a downgrade, no matter what else could be working in the company's favor. But is it a buy after the heavy selling that we've seen over the past couple of days? So... One of the main problems with, with this business is the annuities business and the margins that they're seeing. And, you know, a lot of that comes back to interest rates and where they are. And I think that this is a classic case of, you know, good result, but you're not getting the, the market reaction that you want. Um, and I think it's just because it's it has run pretty hard coming into uh, coming into this year. So from sort of September, October last year, we're talking about a sub $4 share price to, to over $7.00. Um, a couple of months ago. So I think that it's it's already seen a lot of, um, you know, the share price has already recovered quite a lot. So um, yes, you, you might think that the result's not too bad, but the market's the market and it's bigger than us and it's going to push things around. And and if serious money is leaving this, I think, you know, the way that, the way that this is happening at the moment, I think we'll see the share price come off further. So I wouldn't be jumping in, catching a falling knife here. Um, you know, it'll probably settle down over a few months and a lot of heat will come out of the share price and then maybe it's worth looking at. Um, but I think it's way too early to be to be jumping in. So not a buy for Challenger, despite uh, the beaten up price. Henry, do you see it any different if we see the cycle shift, if we see interest rates start to rise as inflation rises around the globe? That would be good for the annuity business. Yes. Also, it's got the acquisition of the bank license. So should we start to see some of that benefit flow through will that boost sentiment around challenger um it may well do it'd be interesting if you could if you charted challenger um i haven't done it yet but if you charted challenger here's a bit of a challenge for you gotham if you charted (laughs) challenger against the 10-year bond uh you would probably see that as the 10-year bond rate has gone from below which was 0.75 percent to now we were at 1.75 percent that has really pushed the challenger share price up. These guys are in the business of investing money in, in long-term uh, income-producing assets and then paying out annuities to people who do it, mm-hmm. who want those annuity streams of income. Um, what we've seen in that result is that Challenger have done really well getting new institutional clients on board with annuities. The problem is that it's cost them money at the margin to do it. Now, their argument is, and this is what they said, is that these are lo- this has been a long pipeline to get these guys on board to be doing this annuity business with them. 
and they don't want to throw it away by passing on that 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 narrowed margin so it's sucking it up essentially so they basically yeah so well put they've sucked it up like big boys they've pulled on their big boy trousers and they've sucked it up and as a result they've suffered now the question for the market is is that suffering going to be a long-term suffering or not at the moment the market's just gone oops i don't like this too too difficult too hard and at least the fall has stopped the momentum of the fall has stopped sitting down one or two percent today so that's good and at some stage they will bottom for me i'd like to see evidence that they they bottom uh, before going back into it but it did run really hard as that uh, 10-year bond rate sort of doubled and if you think the bonds are going to go up and i think that most people say that 2% 2% is certainly a target for a 10-year bond, not only here, but in the US, then this one will probably pick back up again and those margins may come back out to, to, to help them rather than hurt them. So there is a point to buy them. It's not yet, but there will be. If you look at the charts, maybe, you know, we're getting not, you know, 480 maybe. I mean, they're 510 now. It's not far away. Um, maybe another 5 7%, but then it could do nothing for a while until we do actually see evidence that the, the guidance may have been a bit pessimistic or may be too optimistic. You know, we, we do tend to see one downgrade in another. It starts to be a downgrade it sounds, cycle. It sounds to be a cycle, yeah. So, Michael, at $4.80, what are your charts telling you what, what would be potentially a reasonable potential buy for Challenger? Um, yeah, I'll look the... The major level for it is all the way back near 350. So it's one of those things where, you know, it could be close to a support level, but my experience is you don't just go in and grab it as 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 Henry said, you need to see evidence that that it has bottomed out. So that might mean it 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 heads to 480, 450, who knows? And then it'll spend a period of time holding that level. um, And then you're confident that okay, there seems to be buying there. So my advice to to the viewers would be if you see it at a particular level don't just jump in straight away just wait till we see some evidence and and proper money is coming back in and at least you know you've got that momentum behind, behind you. you yeah exactly because you know the maths is that if it drops from five dollars to four dollars i mean you're losing you know 25 percent. sorry 20 percent. but you know if you're down 20 percent, you need a 25 percent rally just to get your money back yeah. and the numbers just get worse and worse as you dig a deeper hole for yourself so Really need to just be patient with this one. Hold your horses is the line on Challenger. Hub 24. Hub 24 was in the news this week, came out with third quarter results. Strong by pretty much all accounts. Strong forward-looking metrics, um, margin improvement and could continue. Um, But the market um, investors sold Hub 24 off uh, initially off the back of that update coming through. Is that because expectations were just too high? Probably a little bit of disappointment. But uh, what it, do you think of Hub24? Uh, it had a big fall. It had a big fall back when uh, NetWealth came out with their, with their product that was basically, um, you know, when you had money on the platform, you were getting, NetWealth were basically getting a nice big cut of that mm-hmm. uh, interest that they were getting on it, what little interest there was. Um, it had a big fall because of that. It was kind of all wrapped up in that net wealth fall. Net wealth hasn't recovered. Hub has. Um, their FU uh, funds under advice increased to 20.1 billion. The market does seem to like this. I've got to say, though, you know, it's, um, it's probably heading into sell territory because it has had such. Because a of the big, valuation. Yeah, because of valuation 
it has had a big bounce. Maybe give it a little bit more um, upside. Where are we today? Um, well, we're up 3%, so we're sitting at... So, you know, 26 bucks yeah. would be, you know, I think if it got to 26 bucks, I'd be happy to take some profits after the run that it's had. But at the moment, you know, it looks good. It's certainly, you know, net wealth, which has languished ever since that news. Um, you know, they, they, you could mount an argument to say, okay, if Hub gets to 26, sell the Hub and maybe start to nibble away at net wealth and, and on a relative value basis. But, you know, they were good numbers, but there is risk to this price. If equity markets do take a tumble, that will hurt. Um, but um, at the moment, I think Hub certainly hold, but I'd be selling at above 26 bucks and maybe looking at net wealth as a, as a, a bit of a trade just on the bounce. So Hub24 has, you know, pooled cash, which obviously is having it more impacted by this lower interest rate environment. So is that also a tailwind potentially for Hub24 going forward if we see mm. these rising bond rates? But importantly, you know, when you looked at that chart, is it already sort of priced in all the good news here? Yeah, I think so. So it's, it seems to be a case where all the analysts, like when I read the analyst commentary, they seem to be happy and surprised at, at, at the numbers. But I guess the market had, run ahead of the analysts. So I guess the analysts were pretty conservative compared to what the market was expecting because clearly the market was hoping for more, um, you know, good set of numbers, but, you know, the, the stock's probably just too high. And if we have a look at this chart here on, on the screen, what's very telling is up until a few months ago, Hub24, its share price was rising really nicely, quite steadily, um, not very volatile at all, but over the last few months, it's just been all over the place. You've had these big, big movements intraday. Um, at the moment, it sits in the 24s. It's been almost as high as 28. It's recently been as low as 20. So um, what you're doing if you buy it here is you're buying it around $24. Maybe there's $4 upside to get towards the old high, mm -hmm. but there might be $4 downside to get back to where there was support. So you sort of, again, risk reward. You're buying it right in the middle of a really wide range and i just think it's very risky to buy it here as um as henry said if you're holding it you know i'd try to see if there's a bit of upside maybe just get out towards that 26 28 region for resistance otherwise if you're looking for a buy hopefully if you see it back near 20 where there is some buying support um at least you're pretty close to support so if it breaks hopefully you're only down a few percent you can get get out of there um whereas at the moment you know, if, if you miss it, it goes up, you haven't bought it, so what? Just move on to something else, maybe look at net wealth mm -hmm. or something that offers better value. But uh, I think here, the market's still trying to figure out, um, you know, what to do with this thing. And the if shares are all over upside. the place. Yeah, I'd, I'd just stay away from it. Okay, Michael, Paul, that one was for you. We are, believe it or not, at uh, the halfway mark. We're pretty much there, running in good time today. I'll send uh, Koshi an email about that one. Uh, our stock of the day is Pontera. Uh, 3DP is the ticker code. I was a bit confusing there. So um, Henry points out that this is a Bevan Slattery company up 28% today, but he's saying not a buy today, wait for the next dip. You want to be paying about 60 cents or below for this company. Likes the business, but just thinks there might be a bit of a pullback after all the exuberance today in the wake of that update coming from the company. Uh, look, Michael says that it's in a good space. It looks promising. Today's gap up for him indicates that it is a buying opportunity. It is a trade, but it is a buy for Michael. So that's the stock of the day. On to the 
companies that have been submitted by you. Both of my guests say there's no need to rush into buying Westpac before it reports on the 3rd of May. It's uh, just around the corner. Michael prefers CBA in the space. It is a hold for him, but he would not be a buyer today. It's run pretty hard. Now, Henry says, just take a cautious approach ahead of that result, likes the banks. The only question for him is what happens really in terms of macro potential to slow this housing market down here in Australia. It's a hold for him. Tilt Renewables, it's a sell if you're Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. The offer's on the table. There's not a lot of upside left. So why wouldn't you be using your money someplace else to make more money? The risk reward for him is just not worth it. It's a hold for Henry. Potentially, there's a higher offer on the table, but there's not any point in buying it in hopes of that higher offer because it's just probably not worth it. Uh, just if you're holding, wait and see what happens. Now, Infotril is a buy for Henry Jennings for Marcus today because it's going to be cashed up after it gets the funds from that inevitable tilt renewables sell. It's flying under the radar for him. Um, so he's looking at it, uh, looking pretty good at these levels. Um, but Michael Gable from Fairmont saying, look, it just doesn't excite him. It's not anything that he'd be looking to get into. Challenger Financial is the next on the list. It is a no from Henry Jennings. He says, look, perhaps you look to buy at about $4.80, but you need evidence that it has bottomed. It's very much a bond yield story. And uh, look, Michael says it's not bad, but why catch a falling knife? Wait, see if it's bottomed. Um, make sure that it's uh, just come off as much as it's going to come off. Hub 24, again, that risk versus reward equation is just not working in Hub 24's favor for Michael Gable. He says it's risky, perhaps at around $20 it would be a buy, but it's been trading in this $20 to $28 range. And so it's been very volatile. There's no need to get into it today. And uh, Paul, that's exactly what Henry Jennings is saying. It's a hold. Perhaps you sell at about $26. There's no need to do it today, but there's no need to buy in at these levels either. A lot of the good news has been priced into Hub 24. Let's get across the portfolio, shall we? The Ausbiz portfolio, thanks to our partner at NabTrade. We've been doing this since July 1st of last year. The rules are that if the company gets a buy from both of our expert guests on the day, we put it into the portfolio. On the week, we are down a quarter of a percent. On the month, we're up by four and a half percent. And in the year to date, we're up just over 30%. So huge thanks to all of our expert guests for their additions and subtractions, I suppose you could say, throughout the year. Lately, we've put in Globe, uh, CSL, Alcidian, National Tire and Wheel, and Car Sales. Yesterday, we put in DeGrays, we put in Yoji. Uh, what was the other one? We put in another one yesterday as well. Southern Cross Media, that was it. So we've been having a lot of additions coming through yesterday, not so today. That's okay. We just want honest opinions from our expert guests. And again, this is information only. This is not financial advice that is specifically for you and uh, your personal scenario. So just keep that in mind when you're listening to the program today. You guys have had a glass of water. I need one shortly, but let's get on to the next question that's been put to us from Jane. Not a lot of detail as to whether Jane's a current holder or she's looking to buy. It's Temple and Webster, TPW. So we did have an update coming from the company this week already. Got sold down slightly off the back of it. Uh, the company is looking to pursue a high growth strategy. So reinvesting in the business to build a wider moat around it so that it can really capitalize on, yeah, what was, I mean, if, if everything has a silver lining, the pandemic was a silver 
marker. It's very silver. Yeah. <laughs> silver and comfy lining. <laughs> exactly. So Temple and Webster, uh, again, do you like the strategy of reinvesting to secure this growth trajectory? Or are you of the view that um, perhaps it's as good as it gets for some of these online retailers in, the, in that space? I think the markets, um, the jury may be a bit out on Temple and Webster at the moment. I guess it, it depends on whether you consider the, the trend that we've seen during pandemic of people buying furniture and, and homewares online as a sustainable trend or whether it was just something we did and we'll go back to going to you know, the, the real world and buying stuff IRL. Um, is that how it goes in real life? Oh, didn't know that one. Yeah, no, my wife yeah, got me that one. All right. um, so IRL. <laughs> I'm not cool at all. No, I'm, not, I'm not very cool. I had to be told it. So that, that's the big question. At the moment, they're down 4.5% today. I think there's probably a little bit more downside to come. The results weren't bad. They talk about the comparison in the US. So they've got 20% of uh, furniture and homewares in the US is bought online. Here, we're coming off a very low base. I think it's around 5% uh, and it's increasing and it has increased and it's made a big sort of uh, inroad during COVID. Now, whether that continues, we'll wait to see. And I think that maybe we'll see a little bit of sloppiness as people get all excited. You know, we've been relatively normal for a while. People are still quite kind of excited to go out and buy stuff physically. Um, Temple and Webster have talked about how they're going to enhance the experience with, with 3D and all this sort of stuff to make it a more touchy-feely thing. But I, I think at the end of the day, people still like to buy things in real life. Well... I Some mean, things. maybe a bed frame doesn't bed, matter too bed much, frames, but if no. it's a couch. If it's a mattress or a sofa yeah. or that sort of stuff, I think people still like to go to Nick Scarly or to Harvey Normal. Temple and Webster should have those experience stores, you know, in every major yeah. city. Hey, mm. That's if, a great idea. If you do idea. that, yeah, there <laughs> you go, Temple idea. and Webster, I'm ha- handing it to you. The because other... there are those things. That I, don't, I don't think I could ever buy a, a couch online without having sat on it. No. But, Depends on if it's just, you know, one for the office, I suppose, or, you know, the one mm. that you sit and watch TV. Anyways, yeah. I digress. You digress. But the other thing, I guess, we are seeing inflation. Yeah. And there's no question about it. I mean, U.S. lumber prices are through the roof. We've got commodity prices through the roof. At some stage, that's going to show up in the, in the stuff that Temple and Webster sell, whether it's the timber that goes into the, to the furniture or the lamps or whatever. You are going to see a little bit of price increase there, whether they can pass that on to their customers because it's online. We'll wait and see. So for me, the jury's still out. I would be just steering away from this for the time being. Uh, I think, you know, we've seen it with Kogan and we've seen how that one's sort of fallen out of favour after we've got through the pandemic. We even saw it with Netflix with the results um, last night with Mm -hmm. the subscriber numbers well and truly down, which is a fantastic thing because it means the world's returning to normal and we're all not glued to Netflix anymore, which is great. So um, a competition in that space as well. And that's a point with Temple and Webster. You've got MyDeal.com. Which uh, is a kind of a baby Temple and Webster. Yeah, but to be honest, I was looking at Temple and Webster and I was looking at MyDeal in the exact same bed frame. I mean, they're just getting this stuff from China. Yeah, right. that's right. That's all they're doing. Um, And it was cheaper on one of them. I won't say which one. Um, So is that just because I don't know Jane's (laughs) circumstances hold? Is that a hold for you if you're holding it? I, I think it's... I'd be a little bit cautious, but yeah, it's a cautious hold. I think there's a bit more downside, but at some stage it will stop falling. And so for Mm. you, Michael, is it a category normalization question or is it an e-commerce is booming? The paradigm shift has happened and I'm old fashioned because I want to sit on a sofa before I buy it. I'm I'm the same. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to buy these things online and things that I do buy online, I suppose at the end of the day, it does, they do just come down to price. They're just things that 
as, as you say, if I mean, if Temple and Webster has this price, but the other website's a bit cheaper, I don't I've no allegiance to Temple and Webster. Yeah. I'll just buy it from there. It's all the same stuff out of China anyway, isn't it? So, um, you know, whether, see, the, at the end of the day, I, I wouldn't buy this. I'd probably even sell the shares here. That's, that's my short answer. The problem with this business is not that it's not going to make a bucket load of money in the next five years. It's just where do you buy it? What, how do you value it? I mean, yes, we've had, maybe there is a bit of a structural shift where those who didn't buy a lot of stuff online before are doing more of it now and they'll stay that way. That's great. Some of it was just a bit of a one-off. But when you have a look at the result, the quarterly revenue numbers you know, for the last quarter were up 112%. So, okay, that's, that's fantastic. But next time around, what if it's 120%? What if it's 80%? I mean, there's such a huge variance. It's not like a regular business that's growing 10% a year and maybe one year it comes in 11 and the other year it comes in at nine and the share price either does that or that and it changes slightly. You've got a business that's growing so much that any variance is going to make a huge variance to the share price. And and that's and we could see that in the way it's been trading since October. It's just the share price is all over the place. You buy Templar Webster here and within a few days you'd be down ten or twenty percent. You think, geez, what the hell you know, what sorry, what just happened it's there? Okay. You know, you um, streaming, say what yeah. you want. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that one out. Um, so yeah, look, I think it's just it is very much a case of the market doesn't know how to value it. Um, you buy it here, you could be up 10% next week, could be down 20% the, the following week. So that's that's where the, re- the real risk lies. So when it becomes investable again, I think, you know, we need a settling down in the share price. We need, yeah, just things to settle down. Mm-hmm. We need, you need a margin of safety. You need to be able to buy this hopefully a lot cheaper than all the way up here. Yeah, because it's been just such an extraordinary run through COVID. Yep. I mean, nobody saw COVID coming and mm. that fundamentally changed the landscape for Temple and Webster. Still not a buy from you. I am just going to keep our audience hanging because I will be getting one unless unless the next stock on the list is a buy Woolworths. We'll have to wait. This is for Carolyn. So Woolworths is not a buy for you no, in short. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. Um, Why not? So look, at, I, I, look, I'd say it's a hold because the share price is creeping up and um, you could probably get a bit, bit more juice out of it. But and, and I suppose if you're comparing it to, say, Coles, I prefer Woolworths over Coles. I think they're in a stronger position as a business. I guess you've just, you know, Woolworths, it's a business that's pretty mature. It's hard to grow their earnings. And at the end of the day, you know, if you want a share price to go up, if you want dividends, you need a business that's growing earnings because that's where it all comes from. So Woolworths, I think they're growing their earnings about 5% for, for next year. I mean, before that, it was only about 2%. So it's just very, very slow growth. And again, it just to me, it just comes down to I'm sure there'll be better opportunities elsewhere and you're going to hit me up on that <laughs> at the end of the show. But um, yeah, it just comes down to better opportunities elsewhere. But as, as a business itself, it seems to be you know, doing all it all it can to, to grow their earnings. We saw them increase their stake in that data. Mm-hmm. Um, quantium. Yep, Quantium the other day. Um, but they're just all little marginal gains year by year. That... Uh, purchase of Quantium, well, increasing its shareholder uh, stake to 75% from, from 50, I think is indicative of the fact that every company is a data company now, Isn't it? you know. Um, but I know that one of the brokers were, I think it was Macquarie saying, look, it's been on the front foot in terms of data technology and automation. And so that means that it will continue to win more share online. Again, online shopping. I am the last person in this newsroom who has not 
bought groceries online. Okay, you too. I mean, I have no philosophical yeah, opposition to it. I just haven't got there yet. No. You would have thought the pandemic would have brought me there, but it didn't. Anyhow,、uh, is is that a big advantage to you? The fact that it, it's 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 a grocery、uh, store that is moving rapidly toward automation and those types of improvements. I did buy online. I have to confess,、yeah. only during the, the the height of the Avalon cluster when I was locked in for two weeks and wasn't allowed、mm-hmm. out, so we had no choice.、Um, for me, Woolies, Woolies is pregnant with Endeavour. It's、yes. pregnant with the Endeavour Group, the drinks and hotels business. That, so the separation is, to you is a big positive. It, it, it's certainly been a big positive for the market. It's different. It's differentiated Coles from Woolies. You know, Coles is just a supermarket. Uh, whereas Woolies has got the drinks and the hotels business, which gives it a bit of sex appeal. You know, Dan Murphy's has almost become a verb. You know,、yeah. it, it's so ubiquitous. Whereas the Coles equivalent is a bit more wishy-washy. Whereas Dan Murphy's have just nailed that segment. Let's face it.、Um, so Woolies has ridden high on the back of this drinks thing. I think it has maybe got a little bit ahead of itself. We own it in the income portfolio, not in the growth portfolio. I've suggested that the switch is to Coles. Um, and it, in Australia, I've been here 31 years, and it seems to me that the supermarkets take it in turns to to invest money, cut prices, get aggressive, and then they get into the lead, and then the other guy goes, "Oh, we better catch up," and they do that. Well, down do down、that. prices are down. And Coles are back with the status quo,、back. with the down down prices are down, and、um, they're fighting back. The share price has lifted a bit, so I think on a relative value basis, I would look at Coles rather than Woolies. But that attraction of that Endeavour Group, which could Be demerged. It could be sold to a trade buyer. It could be sold to private equity. We don't know, but that attraction has really propelled Woolies higher,、um, and I think it will continue to to bubble around at these levels. So it's not an aggressive sell. But if you're looking, if you're a shareholder and you just wanted to take some money off the table and look at relative value, I think there's potential for Coles to to push higher as opposed to Woolies. Um, maybe we'll see a, a big、mm. price paid for Endeavour and Dan Murphy's going. Well,、to... UBS has said. Sorry to interrupt. That、right. uh, there is the potential for a one billion dollar off-market buyback post that Endeavour demerger. If you already hold、um, Woolies in the income fund, you would ho- hold on for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that the, the market's been toying with this notion for some time that there's a big wad of cash that could be released, and which is why it's at the price it、mm-hmm. is. And Coles is at the price that it is. That's that's the differentiation. Once it demerges or sells it and buys that back, it's just a supermarket again. So does the attraction then leave Woolies? Because、mm-hmm. and you can go and buy Dan Murphy's maybe on its own. I d- I don't know that that I guess is a risk. At the moment, it's kind of wrapped up. The enigma is wrapped up in a riddle. Yeah.、Um, <laughs> but when when you when you solve the puzzle and you get rid of the, the Endeavour Group, does that make Woolies and Coles so comparable? Yeah. That you just look at them and go, well, hang on a second. One's the same as the other. Let's、yeah. buy the one that's the cheapest. Okay, so that's Woolworths for you, Carolyn. Toby has written in asking about Somnomed. S O M is the ticker code. So this is a oral solution for sleep apnea. That's what essentially the company produces and licenses around the world. So it operates and has business in a number of different regions. That leads to some choppiness in the numbers、mm. that come through. Uh, depending on the time, but sleep apnea—I mean, that's a huge addressable market.、Uh, yeah. Michael, do you do you know the company? Are you, are you like it? Oh, look, I've I've looked into it a little bit over the years.、Yeah. I mean, we we hold Resmed, which is obviously the、mm. the big one. 
um, but Somnomed do something similar. Um, you're right, they're, they're across the world. So uh, about 55% of the revenues come from Europe, about 35% from, um, from the US. Um, and in their last set of results, we could see that they were growing uh, revenues in, in Europe um, or heading up quite nicely, but it was the US segment that, that took a bit of a hit. So, um, so the business itself is sort of undergoing a bit of a, a rocky period at the moment, like, like most businesses because of COVID. So they haven't provided any guidance to the market. Um, you know, obviously they're hoping to get back on track with, with their sales. So uh, look, I think it looks interesting for me, it'd just be um, a case of trying to get the right entry point if we could see that um, that US business is, um, is picking up and, um, and you know, if the share price can stop sliding because at the moment it is on a, on a bit of a slide. So look, I wouldn't be buying it here. I mean, as a hold, I'd probably be happy to hold it because it's not, even though it is sort of meandering back, um, it is holding above some nice support around a dollar eighty. So, um, and, and the volumes on the way down have been low, which tells me that the market isn't very, um, you know, there's not a lot of money being pulled out of it. It's it's fairly light. So I'd be happy as a hold, but unfortunately today not a buy. Is Sunamed a buy? S O M the ticker code for you, Henry. I had to check that it wasn't a trading hook because it hasn't actually traded today. Yeah. You know, it's very thin. That's that's the problem. It's the world's largest um, global oral appliance company. Yes. So it's got 600,000 people that use their appliances. So it's, it's very well established in terms of technology. I guess the difference, with, I don't know the technology as much as I know the ResMed technology. Mm-hmm. But with ResMed, once you've bought the machine, the mask, you need to replace the mask. There's a new super whiz-bang mask or the, mm-hmm. or the, the um the headpiece thing, uh, the, the strap goes and all that sort of stuff. So that's that's the good stuff. You keep having to pay more for more stuff. I don't know if Somnomed has the same ongoing kind of peripherals that you can buy for it. It's it's just too thin. That's mm-hmm. the trouble. It trades by appointment. And, and that's that's not a great thing in a company. If, if, you know, if you wanted to buy 20,000 shares, you put it up ten percent, and if you want, it also to get means back, if you want to get out, you can have difficulty getting out. You have difficulty getting yeah. out. So I think one of uh, one of my um, companions on uh, on this show calls that them lobster traps. Yes, or yeah, lobster pots. Familiar with that? Yeah. I will say this: this just popped into my mind about ResMed. You mentioned, you know, what goes around the the face and the neck. I remember going to the gym early morning sometimes, and you would know who was using a sleep apnea machine by the impressions that were left <laughs> on their face from the overnight. Well, I, I, I have used one for 15 years because I snore. Yeah. And I you know the new masks are great, but you're right. <laughs> you have to give you it a bit of, bit of breathing you, room. And you've got, you've got the... Um, but look, it's, you know, uh, like it's extending bu- your life and it, well, uh, the leaving you bright eye and bushy yeah, tail in the, the morning. That's the theory. And it, you look like the damn busters when you've got one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We digress again. Scout Security, SCT from Annette. Thanks for putting this question in. Look, it used to be very DIY, Wi-Fi, home security systems. But this company has recently... Uh, got a lot of B2B deals done with Progressor, uh, Black & Decker. Uh, it's a Chicago-based system that, uh, sorry, company that's listed here on the ASX. Have you mm. done a bit of research and digging into Scout Security? Um, I was having a look today. I have to admit, I hadn't heard of this yeah. one before. But if um, if Somnomed's a bit of a lobster trap, this one's yeah, the mother of all lobster traps. I mean, uh, the average daily volume traded is 20 grand. 
So, you know, you don't want to turn up and be buying yourself 10, 20 grand because you'd, yeah, you'd be the only one doing any buying today. So unfortunately, just based on that, it's, well, you know, you can't really buy something like this unless it's only a couple of grand. It's just a $17 million market cap company. Um, yeah, just for me, it's just, just too small. Just too small. Um, you know, they. I mean, it's, I mean, what they're doing, I guess, isn't necessarily super unique either. I mean, you know, if you're trying to think of businesses which have some sort of advantage over others and something quite unique or a bit of a moat or anything like that, it's, I don't know. I, I, from what I could see, um, maybe Henry's seen something that I haven't. I just don't see a business that's, yeah, just, just so unique that I'd be wanting to take that sort of risk with the liquidity. Going global, and I think it integrates with Amazon as well, with Alexa. I mean, I understand your point about liquidity, point taken. But, you know, sometimes is there room in a portfolio for a smaller company that, uh, you know, seems to be doing some interesting things? I hate Alexa. She is hopeless. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> hopeless. Um, this product looks pretty cool. When you go to the website, it looks pretty cool. I've got to say, and they do these, uh, there's a, the Scout small pack and the Scout large pack. And that gives you all these little things that connect to you, make your home secure, cameras, etc. So it all looks pretty cool. But Michael's right. The volume is just, it's, it's just too hard. 15, 16, $17 million market cap, depending on where they trade. Um, it, it's, you know, it's cool. It's got on all the kind of the right platforms. Uh, and it looks promising. But, you know, there, I would imagine there's a lot of, there's a lot of competition out there for these sorts of cool gadgets. You know, you go to Instagram and every day I'm getting a cool gadget that I can't live without, that I need mm -hmm. to sign up for and, and whatever. Um, it, there's too much competition for my liking. Okay. It's too thinly traded and not followed enough, but the products look quite cool, but I'm not rushing out to buy the Scout small pack just at the moment. All right, the last one on the list today for Brody, AVA is the ticker code. Ava Risk Group. Now, this is one. Every day, there's one that I have to look into to um, just because I haven't heard of it, which is fair enough. There's over 2,000 companies listed locally. So this is a market leader, it says, of risk management services and technologies. So it's commercial, industrial, military, and government clients across the world. And it has recently just got a client in South America. This is for upgrading security at a major rail facility. Prior to that, it had a multi-base Air Force contract. So it's doing business quite small amounts. And you'd have to think if you're working with government entities on pretty small margins. I mean, isn't that sort of yeah, the rule? Possibly. I, I, I kind of like the stock. It's, it's come a long way back from its highs. There was a period in time where anything that had cybersecurity in the name, TNT, Whitehawk, anything like that was, was stock de jour and they just went nuts. Mm -hmm. um, that has passed now, and we've got a little bit more rational thought going into it. I, I, I kind of like this one. They, these guys do holistic um, security. Mm -hmm. they, they do books and swipe cards, you know, those sorts of things. They do um, logistics, security. Yeah, it's not cybersecurity. This is... It's, it's everything. Okay. It's everything. It kind of protects the whole building or the whole facility right, okay. or whatever it is from any kind of so if you kind of like it, so I just have to move us along, but if you right. kind of like it, why do you kind of like it? Because of the prospects, the growth prospects going forward or the entry price? I think they're smart guys in, a, in an interesting sphere and security is a big, big opportunity. We're forever being told about cybersecurity. I've, I've loved TNT. We did really well out of mm -hmm. TNT. We did really well out of Whitehawk. 
Um, this is one I looked at at higher prices. I'm happy to let it drift a bit lower because I think the, 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 the froth has gone out of the, the cybersecurity market and that's security side for a little while, but- um, So you'd like to get it at a cheaper price? Love to. Not a buy today, Not but to interested. Today, okay, but how about to, you, yeah. Michael? Anything yeah, that um, interests you? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I agree with, with Henry. I think it, it'll be a, a good buy at some point. There's been a lot of froth there. They've only really started turning a profit in the last year or two. So I think that combined with the excitement over cybersecurity at the back end of last year saw its share price go up about four or five times. So, um, you know, a lot of the heat's coming out. Um, it still looks like some of that heat is still coming out, so it'll probably continue to slide. And at some point, I'd like to see that level off. And um, when everyone's sort of looking the other way to buy something else, yeah, there might be an opportunity there. So at some point, it'll be a buy. But Just not, not today. I was a little bit unfair to you, Michael, I've realized, because you did actually put a buy onto 3DP, the first uh, stock yeah. of the day, Pontera. It's not my fault you don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to still push you for that bonus buy, only because yep. I gave you a heads up. So. In a perfect world, mm-hmm. given all we know today, where we sit today, what what are you? What is really interesting you? Yeah, look, there's a there are a few stocks that we've been buying in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I've actually mentioned them on various yeah. shows here on on Ausbiz. So um, I spoke about um, Afterpay a couple of weeks ago. I think that's got a little bit more recovery ahead of it. Um, Fortescue is is looking like it's going to recover. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of heat's come out of that share price in the last few months. Um, one chart that I looked at last Monday on the trade with Cara Mineral Resources mm-hmm. um, was just starting to break out, and we've seen that breakout. It's um, it's come back in the last couple of days because of the broader market, but I think that'll continue on. Um, lithium, that lithium space is quite hot, as we know, um, with the proposed merger between Galaxy and Oricobra. So um, there's a few names there. Uh, the other one that I'm keeping an eye on, but it's not necessarily a buy yet, is Western Areas. It's in the nickel mm-hmm. space. Um, I'm waiting for. For that one to get going again, it looks like it's very close. So there's a few there. I'm happy to yeah. rattle off no, some more no, names. That's great. That's good. And Henry, go. we've chatted for the past couple of days. I know what you're buying right now. And you sure. can catch up with those interviews that we've done with Henry over the past couple of days at the close online, osbiz.com.au. You know where it is. Okay, let's just wrap this past half hour. We'll do it quickly. Temple and Webster Group is a sell from Michael Gable from Fairmont. So that's an interesting one. He says, look, the share price is all over the place. This is a hard one to value. It's a hold for Henry, but he says the jury is still out on this one. So it wouldn't be rushing to buy it in any way at this stage of the game. Woolworths is a, it's a hold. Uh, it's potentially even a sell for Henry. Is it a seller hold? Just let's be clear. I, I think it's a hold till we know what's happening with, okay. with Endeavour. With Endeavour. Um, look, it's, uh, perhaps there's more value now in Kohl's. Now, uh, Michael agrees that it's, uh, or actually disagrees. He says Woolworths for him is preferred over Kohl's, but the growth in the business is marginal going forward. It is not a buy for him. Somnomed is a hold for Michael. Uh, there's no guidance. It's been rocky at best. And in Henry's view, it's thin. It trades by appointment. That is enough reason for him to stay away. And uh, on the next company on the list, Scout Security, uh, Michael says, well, if Sondamed was illiquid, then this is the mother of all lobster traps. Uh, The liquidity is just not there for him. It's too small, too small for Henry as well. No volume. And he doesn't see a very wide moat, at least uh, from what he can see around the technology. Uh, Now, Ava Risk Group, AVA, is... Uh, you know, it's on the watch list for Henry, but he would like to see the price drift a little lower. 
And Michael Gable from Fairmont agrees. He says it will be a good buy at some point and it is profitable. So that is for you, Brody, on AVA. Huge thanks to my guests in studio, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Thank you, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. Always good to spend an hour with you guys. If you'd like us to cover a company, flick us an email, the call at ozbiz.com.au. Don't forget to tell us if you would like, whether you're looking to buy or whether you're looking to sell or uh, trim some of your profits. You can watch the call or listen, podcast form every weekday. We're live from 12 to one and you can catch up very shortly if you missed anything via our different platforms. Stay with us. Ausbiz continues with more market news and analysis. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.